Hello and welcome to the Libraries Unlimited podcast. Today we talk to Mark Norman in Crediton about the literary festival that they have there. Gemma from Bubby Tracy does a lightning review. And we also speak to Biddeford about their plantation of poems. And Jez tells us all about Naxos, a vast music resource. In an episode we like to call Tell Me Something I Don't Know. Hi Callum, how are you? I'm good, Lee. How are you? Uh, Happy National Smiles Month, Lee. Yes, we're both smiling, but no one can really see that we're smiling. Keep smiling Yeah, we're now. very much smiling, smiling, smiling. I hope you've been brushing your teeth twice a day. I have been brushing my teeth twice a day. Good. Go onto their website, nationalsmilemonth.org. There's tons of things you can do, loads of activities, downloads, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of pushing this a little bit. So keep an eye on the Facebook page of St. Thomas Library, because you might just see me singing a song with the word smile in it. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you I'll, didn't know that was coming, did you? I'll meet you there, Lee. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, <laughs> wait hey, look, I'll tell you what else is going to make you smile. Uh, I don't know whether you saw this the other day, but Exeter Library, the library that I work at, my library, um, put together this, what I thought was a, was a really nice uh, video, three minutes long, just from the staff, all of the staff got involved just to say hello to the customers um, and reassure them that uh, that uh, the future is going to be bright and we're really looking forward to getting back into the building. Uh, did you see it by any chance? No, I will I will go and have a look. How do I find it, Callum? So, well, I'm glad you asked, Lee. It's on, the, it's on Exeter Library Facebook page or the YouTube channel as well. It's only three minutes long. In fact, I think it's two minutes 57. So it's really worth a watch. It's really nice. You get to see all of Exeter Library staff um, and uh, and uh, what they look like recording on Zoom. <laughs> oh, do you know what? That will be really lovely, actually, because uh, from a personal point of view, I worked with quite a few people up there as well in the past. So it'd be really lovely to see everybody again. But I think that's an, an, such a beautiful gesture as well. Um, that's really encouraging me to go back to my teams and see if they'll do that as well. It's a really good idea. I mean, we do do a lot of live streams. People do tend to see us on our Facebook pages, story yeah. times and things like that. Yeah, you do. You do like a Saturday roundup. Is that right on the Saturday? Oh, yeah, yeah. We do a Saturday roundup. Yeah. Uh, 1030 yeah. every Saturday uh, goes live. And we kind of we're talking about our libraries, but we're really incorporating everything that's going on. So we're we're, we're doing a bit of a roundup for the for Devon libraries, to be honest. Um, so... Well, it's, it, it was such a good idea that Exeter Library have decided to steal it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> the centre manager did a did a kind of like a roundup last Thursday. And I'm doing a roundup this Thursday as well on, on, on Facebook. So Fantastic. a good idea is is. is, is yeah, it was a good idea. We we all we all liked it so much. Totally. Um, listen, totally Lee, do, do you want to do you want to get into some news? We got some news from other libraries. Do you want to hear some? Let's hear the news. Hello. On Saturday, June the sixth, we're taking the popular and growing Crediton Literary Festival online. As a virtual event, there are no geographic boundaries, and so everyone is welcome to attend any of the free talks which we're putting on. The event is headlined at 2.30pm by best-selling author Veronica Henry, discussing her new book. Along with that, there's a panel of three crime and thriller authors. Fiction, genealogy, history, poetry and more. Follow Credit and Library on Facebook or Twitter to find the poster and more details. To book your free places, please email crediton.library at libriesunlimited.org.uk. We look forward to welcoming you. Lee, I was doing a bit of research for this show and I found 
out about something called the Torbay Readathon, but they've had to cancel their main event this year, obviously for for obvious reasons. But they've they've moved it all online, and they've managed to get like fourteen authors to read their books, read their stories, and and kind of do little mini videos. And they're going to be releasing them all by the time this podcast goes out. It will have happened. It's happening on Thursday, the twenty sixth, seventh, eighth. It's happening on Thursday. Um, so it will have happened. But um, they've got. Uh, 14, I think, authors coming in doing videos and reading a bit of their stories on on, on various Facebook pages. And it's also being, the day is being introduced by Neil Gaiman. Wow. So it's like, it's a pretty, pretty kind of major thing that they're doing. Um, it, like I say, it will have already happened by now, but they're keeping the videos up. Um, so please go onto any of the Torbay Library uh, Facebook pages, that's Torbay Library itself or Brixham or Paynton, Torquay. There'll be some amazing videos there by that, some amazing that authors. That is properly impressive. Neil Gaiman is, uh, you know, he's one of my heroes. What a great writer. Um, oh, definitely going to tune in and look at those. And uh, is it a mixture of kind of local authors then as well? Is that what we're saying? But from, from what I can tell, yeah, they, they had this huge program, you know, an all day thing, some local and but some more kind of national. I just think it's, it's great. I'm really looking forward to seeing how well it does. And I, I hope it does. I hope it does really, really well. If you were given three random words, would you be able to use them to write a poem dedicated to a tree? Biddeford Library has teamed up with local woodland enterprise Courage Cops Creatives to deliver the project Plantation of Poems. We wanted to create a project that connected people with nature and encouraged the writing of poetry. And the response has been overwhelming. We have had 63 requests for words and 32 poems already submitted. And thanks to the funding from Evolve, we're going to take those poems and make them into an exhibition that once lockdown has been completely lifted, the public will be invited to so they can come to the woodland, explore the plantation, hunt for their poem and read everybody else's as well. If you want to get involved, please do. We look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, so that sounds really interesting. Um, the person who's running it is a lady called Katie Lee. Um, so if you've got any, you know, questions or you want to get involved, please do email her. That's Katie Lee, K A T Y dot Lee L E E at librariesunlimited.org.uk. So the title of this um, podcast then is kind of tell me something I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I, I, I'm going to tell you something that maybe you don't know about. Um, I'm sure you do, but maybe maybe the listeners don't. Um, there is there is an offer. There's a digital offer. If you go over to, on, on Devon Library's page, um, it's called Medici TV. Have you heard of this? Me? No, you were sort of talking about this a little bit earlier on and I, I sat there pretending that I knew what you were talking about. But I, I've, I've actually not heard of it. I'm sorry. Um, well, it's it's basically the TV side of it is the fact that you have a lot of live concerts. You have a lot of pre-recorded concerts that are on offer to watch. And we're talking classical music. OK, so it is very much in the classical vein. You've got concerts, you've got operas, you've got ballets, you've got documentaries, which are fantastic. And uh, um, and you've even got masterclasses. So if you are, you know, if you are hoping to become a an opera singer or you want to learn to play you know very top quality piano or cello there are free master classes on here um, wow. there's also a calendar of events so for instance uh, there's a Carnegie Hall um, uh, event happening on uh, May the 29th yeah Medici TV Medici.tv 
we have the offer at the moment to a certain time. So uh, do uh, jump on and uh, see if you can look up all of those before they disappear. How about yourself? You got anything you can surprise me with? There are a couple of things. There are a couple of amazing things that happen at Exeter Library, which um, are, are really impressive. But we're going to be talking about them a little bit more detail in future episodes. Uh, the one that sticks out to, in my mind is something called the Fab Lab, which is this amazing space. We've got one in Exeter. There's one in Barnstable as well, and it's essentially a high-tech creative room so it's got like laser cutters and 3d printers um it, it's got all sorts of like really impressive kit um you have to be a member of the fab lab um but it is part of the library um and it's something that you know young entrepreneurs that we've seen creatives you know people designing signs people designing t-shirts uh, and we've also seen inventors going in there to 3d print their kind of like early designs and things so it's it's really great but like i said we're going to be talking with the managers of the exeter and Barnstable Fab Labs in a couple of weeks. And the great thing about its location in Exeter Library is that it's right next to the business section, isn't it? Yes, the Business and Intellectual Property Centre, which is kind of like a partnership that we've got with the British Library. And we try to help like young business people with uh, kind of patent ideas, how to do well on social media. So we run a series of workshops and events throughout the year um, that kind of promotes kind of business I guess, intelligence. Obviously, things have had to slow down a little bit um, since the uh, shutdown, but only a little bit. Uh, we're still running online um, workshops. Uh, my colleague, Joe Lawrence, uh, is in touch with loads of sort of leading business figures in Exeter and, and Devon to run workshops about how to start up your own business. And uh, one of the most recent one was about how to start up your own business, but it was tailored to um, ex-employees of Flybee. If you remember, they they, they got let go mm. relatively recently. So a gentleman came in and did a free workshop for those people. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really, really good. It's like amazing stuff that we've got going on. Yeah, all hidden gems. And on that note, talking about uh, finding things that are new and different, Jez Winship, who is not only a fantastic librarian, he's also a great photographer, he's a folklorist, he's a podcaster, um, he's also an author, um, and uh, he loves music. He's a massive music fan. One of the things he's discovered from our online uh, resources is Naxos. And Naxos, if you remember all those years ago, if you're of a particular age, Naxos used to release LPs, uh, LPs, long playing records, guys, uh, <laughs> with lots of fantastic classical concerts and, and recordings. But they've expanded and there's a lot more that you can find uh, and listen to for free on our resources links. Anyway, I'm going to let um, Jez tell you all about Naxos. Hi there, my name's Jez. I am a customer service assistant at Exeter Library. Uh, for the past couple of years, I've been doing uh, a library-based radio show on Phonic FM called Up From The Stacks, which explores the music available in Exeter Library and Devon Libraries beyond, both on the main floor and in the cavernous spaces of the stacks down below. But today, I'd like to talk to you about the Naxos Online Music Library which you can access via your Devon Library's card. I suppose it's worth pointing out initially that this is not just a library based on the Naxos label. The Naxos label is, is a budget classical label which has been producing many, many CDs over the last, oh, I don't know, decade or so, uh, often of, of, of very high quality and going well beyond the, the, the normal classical repertoire. So it would be good if it was just that. 
but no, it's much more. There are actually uh, over 940 labels are represented in this online music library, uh, with an incredible 150,000 plus discs available for you to listen to. So this is really a vast resource. It's a huge music library. And it also goes well beyond the standard classical repertoire. Record labels represented are those such as ECM, New Albion, Vergo, Hat Hut, GB Records, which is the record label run to produce his, to release his own music by Gavin Bryars. There's Lyrita, the, the record label that for, for many years has specialised in uh, publishing the music of British composers, um, well-known and more obscure. There are the Hungariton and Suprophone labels, the, the Soviet-era state-approved Hungarian and Czech labels. Uh, and for soundtracks, there are a couple of great labels, Verez, Saraband and Silver Screen. And you've got your major label classical subsidiaries like Sony Classical, Warner Classical, RCA, etc. Plus perhaps the classical label par excellence, Deutsche Grammophon. So how do you get there? Well, go to the Devon Libraries site. Just put Devon Libraries in your search engine and it will come up with it. When you get there, scroll right down to the bottom of the screen to the little bit that says menu down in the, the bottom shaded bit. Find the services link and click on this and it will take you to a list of links in blue type. Now a short way down there you'll find access to online reference sort resources including Naxos Music. So click on that and you'll shift over to the online resources page and if you scroll down there you'll soon come to Naxos Music Library. You don't need your PIN, you just put your library card number in and you're in. So I'll try and suggest a few things beyond the classical repertoire, which, uh, as I say, you probably know what you're looking for if, if that's what you're after. Let's, well, let's start off with a composer called David Bedford. It's a good place to start because he is actually on one of the books represented on the Bookstack sculpture that you've probably passed in the cafe lobby many times. Right at the top is a book called Star Clusters, Nebulae and Places in Devon. This represents uh, a score which we have down in the stack for choir and brass. The choral parts mix, mix cosmic nomenclature from star maps with Devon place names from maps and road signs. This reflects David Bedford's latter years spent in Devon. In fact, he, he did actually live in Exeter. He was associated with the worlds of rock and prog uh, and particularly with Mike Oldfield the composer of Tubular Bells, and David Bedford did orchestrate uh, an orchestral Tubular Bells performance and album. His, uh, his piece, Star Clusters, was first released on Mike Oldfield's label, along with uh, a piece called Song of the White Horse, and this memorably involved, at one point, members of the choir inhaling helium to hit a really high note. This playfulness extended to his work with children and to um, non-professional musicians, people who didn't read music. So he had a very democratic view of music. Um, he really wanted to sort of get the joy of music across to, to as many people as possible. So this, this very much, I think, fits in with a public li library ethos. Uh, after the success of Tubular Bells, um, David Bedford himself had quite a few albums on the Virgin label, including Star's End and Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner with a, a Robert Powell narration and The Odyssey. 
His music reflected his love of science fiction as well. With 100 Kazoos was dedicated to the uh, the 1960s new wave science fiction writers, Roger Zelazny, Theodore Sturgeon and my favourite Samuel Delaney. And he also wrote A City and the Stars Cantata, uh, which was inspired by Arthur C. Clarke, as was his splendidly titled piece Tentacles of the Dark Nebula. Uh, and his his record Star's End was also very much influenced by Isaac Asimov. He also collaborated with Ursula Le Guin on a, a, a kind of musical piece called Rigel 9, which was released in 1985. Well, here we have quite a few David Bedford pieces available on the uh, the Naxos Online Library. Uh, there's a piece called Music for Albion Moonlight, with the words of his favourite poet Kenneth Patchen, uh, and um, also reflecting his love of poetic titles, there's a piece called "Sun Paints Rainbow on the Vast Rainbows on the Vast Waves." There's one called "Sea and Sky and Golden Hill," uh, and another called "Twelve Hours of Sunset." Incidentally, the album which has music for Albion Moonlight on is shared uh, with pieces by the British composer Elizabeth Lutyens, who was the daughter of the famous architect Edwin Lutyens, who built Castle Drogo in Devon, amongst uh, many other famous buildings. Now, there are some very long pieces on here, which uh, which you can listen to all in one go. Uh, these, these are particularly good for, for intense periods of work or for reading. So we've got uh, Philip Glass's Einstein on the Beach, which goes on for about three and a half hours. Uh, and also uh, his Music in Twelve Parts, which is a very hypnotic piece of, of minimalist music, which goes on for about three and a quarter hours. There's the, the French composer Eliane Radigue's piece, Ocam Ocean, which uh, is reminiscent of her, her very lengthy uh, kind of electronic drone pieces. Uh, and that goes on for about three and a quarter hours. Max Richter's uh, lovely um, piece, Sleep, which he called a lullaby for a frenetic world, would be the longest piece here because in, in its full length, uh, and it was recently, it goes on for eight hours, uh, but here we only have uh, an album of extracts from it. There's a, a Morton Feldman piece called For Christian Wolf, which goes on for three hours. It, it's in Morton Feldman's kind of very spare, very minimal um, style, very quiet music. So uh, really sort of good to listen to um, whilst you're sort of getting on with something else. For Philip Guston, his piece for the abstract artist, Philip Guston, goes on for a little over four hours. So we're, we're getting getting longer here. But the prize goes to his second string quartet from the 1970s, uh, one of his later pieces. And that goes on for five hours. And there was a performance of that in the Tate Modern uh, a while back that uh, again went uh, uh, on all night and people were encouraged to bring sleeping bags and, and um, bed rolls. Um, Feldman was was uh, um, made some very very sensitive music. His, his music is is notable for his quietude. Um, amusingly, he was uh, uh, actually a sort of loud New Yorker. So um, it's quite funny thinking of him um, during his visit to Dartington when he came to teach at the Dartington Summer School um, back in the day. Um, this this kind of loud New Yorker uh, strolling through the, the streets of of Totnes. Um, I, I can imagine he could make quite an impression. Uh, well, there's, there's also lots of film music, uh, and that includes the music of the great, uh, the great Bernard Herrmann. He was best known for his scores for Alfred Hitchcock. There's a, a, an album that specifically 
dwells on on his uh, his fantasy film scores. So we get the the exotic, exoticism of, of his films for um, Ray Harryhausen. The films. Um, uh, so there is his score for Seventh Voyage of Sinbad and his score for Jason and the Argonauts as well. Uh, also, we've got his music for Day, The Day the Earth Stood Still, a classic bit of 50s science fiction. And for that, he uses the, the electronic instrument, the theremin, that, that instrument where you don't actually sort of touch anything to make sound. You just kind of wave your hand around these aerials and make this eerie sort of trembling sound. Uh, there's his score for Fahrenheit 451 as well, another bit of science fiction uh, with um, Francois Truffaut's adaptation of, of Ray Bradbury's novel. And also he, he did some... Uh, some great music for the Twilight Zone the series in, in the late 50s and early 60s you also get here a chance to explore his non-soundtrack work because he was he was a classical composer as well um, and um, there, there are some some lovely pieces here some some chamber pieces like the Echoes String Quartet and Souvenir de Voyage which have a real melancholy uh, real melancholy quality to them and also his Moby Dick cantata which was something that was very dear to his heart and the Sinfonietta which you can you can definitely hear there are elements he, he almost directly took from that to um, put into his psycho score it's uh, it's definitely a piece of real dark expressionism with um, a kind of you know probing some kind of um, dark psychology shows very much the, the influence of Bartok well, what else can what else can we explore? There, there's more really fascinating soundtrack stuff, and there's some stuff by the Radiophonic Workshop, the uh, the BBC's in-house uh, electronic music alchemists, who uh, created such amazing electronic music and effects from their cramped quarters in the Maida Vale studios in the 60s and 70s and beyond. But names have now become legendary, and in particular Delia Derbyshire, Daphne Oram, John Baker, Brian Hodgson, Dick Mills, Paddy Kingsland, David Kane, Madalena Fagandini and Malcolm Clark and others. And of course they're, they're um, always going to be associated with Doctor Who. Um, Delia Derbyshire's theme for Doctor Who is, is absolutely immortal, and you can find that here. There are two, there are two absolutely classic BBC Radiophonic Workshop LPs, uh, the so-called Pink Album from 1968, uh, the era of tape splicing and found sounds, and the 1975 Synthesizer era LP, which features the massive Delaware EMS Synthi 100 synthesizer, which um, apparently they had to uh, to widen the door to get through. It's, it's, a, huge, it's a huge cupboard of a, a, a bit of machinery. Um, those those are both available here. There's also music from the Patrick Troughton era Doctor Who episode, The Invasion, the one where you you get the Cybermen striding up towards St Paul's, which has music and sounds by Don Harper and um, the Radiophonic Workshops Brian Hodgson and John Baker. Uh, it includes his, his lovely bit of cosmic lounge music, which uh, you might recognise because it was used as the theme for Jarvis Cocker's Sunday service radio show on Radio 6. There's also, excitingly, well, for me, there's there's the soundtrack to the 1975 BBC series The Changes by Paddy Kingsland, uh, which was an amazing series about um, uh, a sudden change which which means everyone irrationally turns against technology and starts smashing anything that resembles technology uh, and the world is suddenly sort of plunged back into a pre-technological era um, with, with tribes and, and um, rival tribes uh, sort of gathering together in the countryside. Definitely a series that stuck with me very much and, and the music uh, evokes it wonderfully.
Uh, and we go into the 80s also with, with Peter Howe's music for The Five Doctors and Roger Lim's music for The Box of Delights, the adaptation of John, John Maysfield's perennial favourite, which is a, a seasonal Christmas fantasy with a very pagan outlook. And coming right up to date, there's also Sagan Akinola's music for the Doctor Who series 11 and 12, um, Jodie's Doctor. Uh, which returned to underlying electronic elements, so harked back to the radiophonic glory days. There is in fact plenty of electronic music to explore here, so you, you can explore the roots of, of the radiophonic workshop and, and where they came from. We've got uh, some Pierre-Henri and Pierre Schaeffer doing music concrete at the Studio SA in Paris for French Radio Diffusion Nationale, uh, which was really pioneering stuff. Uh, and over in Cologne in Germany, in uh, the radio studios of Nordwest Deutscher Rundfunk, we have Stockhausen and people like Herbert Eimert making very, very uh, innovative and, and um, still startling music uh, to, to modern ears um, with, uh, with tape and tape effects. This is, this is music which, which led directly on to, to German electronic music like Can and Kraftwerk, uh, members of whom both studied with Stockhausen. Over in uh, over in America, um, it wasn't uh, wasn't so much radio stations where um, electronic was, music was made in 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 the fifties and early sixties. Uh, there was a place called the Columbia Princeton Electronic Music Center, based at Columbia University, where uh, where people in uh, in white lab coats would go around and and, and fill about with uh, with what was actually uh, one of the the first um, great synthesizers. Again, a huge huge cabinet sized thing called the RCA. Mark II sound synthesizer, which was quite the thing in 1957. And um, you, you've got people like um, Vladimir Usachevsky and Otto Luning doing their thing there. Electronic musicians do have the, the, the best names. Um, there's, there's some electronic music by the Greek composer uh, with another great name, Yanis Xenarchis. That's Xenarchis with an X, um, producing electronic music like Concrete PH which, along with Edgar Varese's poem Electronique, which you can also find here, uh, was uh, blasted out at the uh, the pavilion designed by Zanarkis at Expo 58, which um, you, you, you go in there, basically, and, and through many, many speakers, you get this, this kind of weird music blasting out at you with all kinds of uh, sort of rather surreal images being projected on the walls as well. It must have, must have blown minds in, in, in the America of, of 1958, for sure. Um, and there's some wonderful pieces um, when we get into the computer era in the 70s by uh, a composer called Laurie Spiegel, that now I'm calling it The Expanding Universe, which, is, uh, which has got some just, just glorious bits on. And there's also some computer pieces by um, a composer called Paul Lansky, who was a big influence on um, Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead, who uh, has cited him as, as a favourite composer. In fact, he's actually sampled on a track called Idiotech um, on the Kid A album. Another really good label here to explore is the Erased Tapes label, which is kind of... It falls under the, the category of, of modern neoclassical chamber music, uh, which bridges the worlds of, of classical music, dance music, indie music and soundtrack music, um, and is, is, has become sort of very accessible to, to a, a, a pretty large audience. It's, it's music which is drawing on that modernist music that, that preceded it, but translating it into, into a much more accessible mode. So you've got you have actually got kind of modern electronica and modern dance music here from uh, a, a 
group called Rival Consoles. Um, and that gives a link to um, the local Sea Change Festival that, that's been going on in, in um, Totnes and Dartington um, over the last few years, run out of um, the wonderful Drift Records in, in Totnes, because Rival Consoles played there, I think, in the, in the first one. But um, there have been a number of performances by artists on the Erased Tapes label at the Sea Change Festival. So we've had Rival Consoles, we've had the saxophonist Daniel Thorne um, and the singer Douglas Dare, both of who performed in in Totnes Church, in the uh, in the Great Hall at Dartington, the Medieval Hall, uh, we had Anne Muller with her um, overdubbed and layered cello, which was which was really beautiful, and um, a fellow called Lubomir Melnik, who plays uh, what he he terms continuous piano, this very sort of connected kinetic piano music, which uh, which never pauses for breath. And there's also um, perhaps the most popular of the Erased Tapes artists, uh, a composer from Germany called Nils Fram, who uh, blends piano and electronics and chamber arrangements and, and is hugely popular. Well, Nils Fram's music can be can be very calming, very um, very beneficial to, to your mental health. And there's uh, there's lots more music here, which which could be very good for music for inner calm and mental well-being. In fact, I, I've put together a couple of, of mixes uh, for just such purposes, real sort of drifting, dreaming music. I've called them drift, dream and drone music uh, mixes or something along those lines anyway. So there's there's various things here. You can go right back to, to early music. There's some, some beautiful music by the, uh, the, uh, the 12th century nun Hildegard of Bingen, a, a real Renaissance woman of her time. There's other good um, early music here um, from the Hilliard Ensemble who um, performed the music of the uh, 12th century composer Perrotin, who was composing music that just went beyond the the bounds of plain chant which was kind of very very monophonic it didn't have more than one line of of music and here we start to get lines of of singing over overlaying that single that single monophonic line so you 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 get the kind of chant but with with kind of almost dancing vocal lines going above it it's very hypnotic and it was almost you almost hear it was composed to resonate around the spaces of Notre Dame which was uh, which was where it's performed um, there's Steve Rice music for 18 musicians as well a, a really hypnotic piece of, of minimalist music which which unfolds over about an hour uh, and um, involves um, percussive instruments uh, like um, the uh, the vibraphone and the marimba um, and just has this this kind of gloriously um, celestial sound I suppose you could say we have um, some pioneers of ambient music as well um, Harold Budd, who, who collaborated with Brian Eno on a number of albums, there's uh, one of his albums here called She Is a Phantom, which also has his lengthy piece called In Delius's Sleep. And um, Brian, Brian Eno himself, as interpreted by um, the Bang on a Can um, group of, of, uh, of modern um, musicians, uh, there's their version of his, uh, his ambient classic music for airports, which is, which is absolutely wonderful. So all these, all these are great for, for 
inducing a sort of hypnotic state you can use them for meditation you, you can use use them to to aid your concentration if you're working for a long period of time you can uh you can you can put them on while you're, you're trying to go to sleep really in, in some cases um, um that would probably work quite well but they're they're all sort of very good i would say for your mental well-being they're, they they have a, a very beneficial effect they certainly have had on me so well th- th- there's such a lot to explore here if you're interested in music it, it, it's a wonderful resource for you to have a uh, a look around and um well hopefully you, you'll be able to explore entire new worlds um, that you didn't know about before so i highly recommend that you have an explore of the naxos music library by your devon library's card lend an ear and enjoy So there we go. That was Jez talking about Naxos. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I work I work with Jez at Exeter Library, and you weren't lying about how 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 good of a librarian he is. His cultural knowledge is quite scary. I feel like he may have read every book and listened to every piece of music and watched every film. Um, he's 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 definitely a knowledge. So uh, he's he's somebody amazing to have on the staff. But listen, Lee, it's it, it's now time for our famous segment. It's time for the lightning review. So it's lightning book review time. And today we've got a very special guest. She is the supervisor for Bovy Tracy Library. It's Gemma Pegg. Welcome, Gemma. How are you doing? Thank you. Hello. I am fabulous. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, now, you are the supervisor from Bovy Tracy. How are you guys finding the li- uh, the lockdown? Are you, are you doing anything new? Anything exciting? Uh, we're doing everything new because we don't do as much on Facebook as some of the other libraries. So we're doing Bounce and Rhyme on a Friday morning, which is brilliant. Um, I do a very good live story time at two o'clock on a Thursday. And we've been doing craft videos on Wednesdays with my kids. With your, I've, I've seen a couple of them. They're not bad, they are. They're pretty good. They're, they're a bit challenging. Yeah. yeah um, so, you know, but enough of all that, mm-hmm. you know, we're here for, for for something very important. We're here for the lightning book review. Now, um, do you do you know the rules? You know what you're doing? I know the rules. I know what we're okay. doing. So you've got one minute to review a randomly selected book from your borrower history. Okay. Try your hardest. Try your best. So the book that I would like you to review today is... This Little Dark Place by A.S. Hatch. Oh, I just read that. Brilliant. I can remember that. That was awesome. It is about a guy, can't remember his name, um, who his girlfriend walks out on him, his mum dies, and he inherits a little cottage, which is all a bit creepy, and he has been writing to a woman in jail. This is very garbled, sorry. Um, and basically the woman from jail gets released from jail, comes to track him down and lots of strange things happen. And it's really creepy and it's really dark and it's really intense. And there was quite a clever little twist at the end. And yeah, really enjoyed that one. I picked it up because it was new and no one had had it. So I snuck it home and yeah, it was really good. The girlfriend comes back, the prison girls around, this guy's all a bit confused and lost. Some strange things happen, but it is very deep, very intense and very brooding and sinister. So that was a good read. I enjoyed that a lot. Ooh, three seconds to go. Check me out. It's, t- it's over. It's over. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I was trying to tell you everything that happened, but a minute's not very long. And I'm a bit, 
yeah, it's all a bit stream of consciousness. So, well, that that's the point. Uh, the point is to get a, a visceral gut reaction to a book that you've read. I thought you did very, very well. That was the Little Dark Place by A. S. Hatch. Gemma, thank you very much for coming. Um, Worries. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, and you know, enjoy the rest of your lockdown. Thank you. You too. Be safe. So that was it. Yeah, I think she did. Again, I think she did really well. We're we're sort of we're, we're on a good streak. That's the third third one we've done and I, I think she did a really fantastic job she did and she didn't really give stuff away which is a temptation sometimes when you review a book isn't it just to give away you know like who did what and you go oh sorry that was quite funny though she said um oh uh, yeah oh that's once a new one i've just i just read that i remember that one and the first thing she says is oh i can't remember his name <laughs> <laughs> anyway well thank oh. you Gemma. okay looks like we're coming to the end then uh, of our third podcast um Callum. Third one, yes yeah yes. yeah um where can people find us if they if they i know it's Podbean we're on isn't it quite a lot of the time but we're also yes. across other platforms now yeah so you can find us on Podbean. you can find us on itunes you can find us on soundcloud and you can find us on the exeter library youtube page yeah i think we're gonna go next week is um growing up with the library why the library is important to children brilliant okay well i will catch you next week Yeah, I'll see you next week, Lee. Have a good one. You have been listening to the Libraries Unlimited podcast. Thank you. Oh, before you go, just to remind you that every penny we raise goes directly towards library services that help make a difference to people's lives and communities. There are lots of ways you can support our charitable work, including going over to Just Giving. Also, when you shop at Amazon, you can use Amazon Smile to donate to our charity. Give As You Live is another way to do it, online. Free and easy way to raise funds, simply by shopping online. To find out more details, please pop over to our website, which is devonlibraries.org.uk. Scroll down right to the bottom in the little black area where it says Donate. Click that button and off you go. Cheers. Cheers.